It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Locked On Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, is your host, Brady Trent. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Brady Trantham, your host and your man for all things Oklahoma City Thunder. And for the next 30 minutes or so, you're going to be so locked on Thunder that you can go 10 of 33 from the three-point line, and you can still win a game on the road against the defending champs. First of all, I need to get some apologies out there. Man, was last week really hard. And apologies for no Locked On podcast on Thursday or Friday. I simply did not have enough time, energy, (laughs) anything to do a podcast those days. It would have been bad. You would have been able to tell from my voice how tired I was um, all last week. In addition to it being Christmas and the holidays and having to go back home and hang out with some friends and family uh, for, you know, half a day, an entire day or whatever. Uh, I was filling in for the morning show at 107.7, the franchise where I work. And that is, I love that show. I uh, did it with Mike Steely, uh, Jesse Stone, Eddie Radosevich, and we had a handful of guests all week. Uh, they run a fantastic show, and it was a lot of fun to be on. But I had to wake up at 4.30 every day to get on. Uh, with the guys from 5.30 until 9. So I was incredibly tired. In addition to covering the Clippers game on Sunday night, the Memphis game on Tuesday night, it was really, really tough and didn't get a lot of sleep all last week, and I just could not get locked on to go Thursday or Friday. But apologies for everybody that uh, was expecting podcasts those days. Apologies. But we're back, so don't worry about it. We're back with a vengeance. And if you still don't know who I am, I've been covering the Thunder since 2014 with Thunder Digest, and then 2018 when I got hired by 107.7, the franchise, 107.9 in Tulsa, and I'm their lead Thunder insider dude, whatever they want to call me. Uh, In addition to columns and blogs that you can find at thefranchiseok.com, you can also listen to my other podcasts concerning the Oklahoma City Thunder, OKC82, which are game after game reactions, so they can really compliment with this podcast fairly well. It's not going to be the same stuff. I mean, we're, of course, talking about the same players, the same team. So some stuff will overlap, but Locked On is a little bit more methodical, a little bit more planned out, whereas OKC82 is a little bit more riffy. So please feel free to subscribe to that podcast as well. I do it with Madison Morris, uh, Matt Burton, Chisholm Holland, Aaron Davis, whoever we have on according to our post-game radio duty schedule, unless Madison and I are just off that particular night. Then we'll just do a podcast from the arena or from our studio. So please feel free to join in. And also with football coming to an abrupt end (laughs) in the market, uh, Saturday mornings will return to the Franchise Thunder Insider Show from 10 a.m. till noon. Every Saturday, Jerry Ramsey, John Hamm, Madison Morris, and myself come together and talk about the Thunder on the radio. We'll talk about NBA stuff. And again, if you're out of the market, I highly encourage you to download the franchise app from your app store. Just type in 107.7 The Franchise in your app store. It's free. It's really easy to use. If you want to listen to us talk basketball and talk Thunder and you're out of the market, like I said, just download that app and around 10 o'clock Central Time in Oklahoma, 
just turn it on if you are mowing the lawn, doing some yard work, working in the garage or whatever. Just feel free to listen to us. We have a lot of fun doing that show and we're excited to get the ball rolling consistently every weekend. So we're excited. Join in on the fun. And the easiest way to keep track with all my stuff, whether it be articles, podcasts, radio hits, segments, whatever, is to simply follow me on Twitter at Brady Does Sports. And it is Monday, so let's take a look back and see what the Thunder did over the weekend. Well, my, 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 the Thunder won two in a row. They won the second night of a back-to-back after losing to the Memphis Grizzlies on Thursday night in Oklahoma City. They beat the Charlotte Hornets by a point in overtime. And then they turn right around two days later to go on the road to Toronto against the defending champs. Yes, they didn't have Pascal Siakam. Yes, they didn't have Marc Gasol or Norman Powell. But the Thunder didn't have Danilo Gallinari and Dennis Schroeder. We'll get to that later, of course. The Thunder won that game as well in pretty impressive fashion considering that it wasn't a very high-scoring game, but it was still an impressive victory nonetheless. And the Thunder, they're winners of nine of their last 12 games. It's, it's incredible what this team has been able to do especially after a slow start and then kind of a, another lull about 10, 12 games into the season. Their schedule was significantly tougher to start the year. We all knew that going into the year. It's now much softer, a little bit more manageable. And so the Thunder are going to probably be gobbling up wins left and right, relatively speaking, according to expe- like when you consider expectations. You know, winners of your of nine of their last 12, and a lot of it, a lot of the credit can go to can go to one guy, especially from a scoring output. Uh, Shea Gillis-Alexander, the last five games, has been on an absolute tear. I mean, 28.8 points per game, 4.2 rebounds per game, 2.4 assists per game, 55% from two, 53% from three, on just under four attempts a game, and the Thunder are four in one of those games with that only loss being against Memphis. I mean, SGA has really elevated his game, and I keep going back to – I keep going back to a comment that Chris Paul had in the locker room, and I can't remember what game it was. I think it might have been the Phoenix game when he had 30, uh, 32 points, which is his career high. He tied his career high once again in that win against Toronto last night. I mean, Chris Paul said that this team is much better when we're going downhill, and this team is much better when Shea is the primary scoring option. So Chris Paul knows it. The team knows it. Billy Donovan knows it. When Shea Gittles Alexander is aggressive, efficient, and getting to the rim and hitting his shots, the Thunder obviously are going to be a better team. But it's interesting that we're going from at Shea Gittles Alexander, the Clipper, who was a complete and utter, utter luxury for that team in terms of his length, athleticism, uh, his defensive capabilities, being the third, fourth, or fifth scoring option. I mean, if Shea is your third, fourth, or fifth scoring option, you're probably you probably have a good team. But he's going from that to being no. We need you to be the guy. We need you to be the guy going to the basket. We need you, we need you to be the guy spotting up in the corner, spotting up at the elbow, and getting ready to launch a shot when Chris Paul finds you. And he's certainly done that. And uh, starting off the year, Shea Gittles Alexander was extremely hot. Hit a ten game lull. You know, where he dipped down to about 17, 18 points per game and has since elevated his game. And it's, frankly, it's it's been fun to watch. I mean, the Toronto game last night was about the first time that I've really seen Shea Gilles Alexander have a little bit of a killer instinct in terms of just his mannerisms when he was getting to the getting to the rim, getting to the basket, hitting his shot. You could tell with his facial expressions that he was he knew that he was on. Now, Shea is, he's more of a, I don't want to say a passive personality because that has a negative connotation, and I don't mean that at all, but he has a very cool, calm, and collected personality where he doesn't get too hot, he doesn't get too low, 
And at times, you know, that, that does help. That does help because a basketball game, there's going to be, it's a roller coaster of emotions. You don't want to be too hot, too cold uh, in terms of your personality. But maybe it was just because Shea was back home in Toronto. Maybe it was just because he was feeling it that night. But I think we're slowly but surely seeing a Shea Gillis Alexander understand just how good he is. And you, I, you've heard it from comments like from Chris Paul, uh, from Doc Rivers, that audio that I played you guys last week where Doc said, I think he can be great. I don't know if Shea knows that just yet, but I think so. And Chris Paul has basically said similar things like that all season. I think you're finally seeing Shea Gildas-Alexander understand just how special he is. And when players figure that out, I mean, when players figure that out, it's just like the light bulb going off. I don't know how many more lulls you're going to see. I mean, there's going to be some stinkers thrown in there, of course, but I'm talking about two week long lulls that we saw from SGA. I don't know how much more of, of that you're going to see because it really looks like that the light bulb is coming on. And like I said, the Thunder were able to win the Charlotte game without Danilo Gallinari. Darius Baisley slid in for the, his fourth start of his NBA career, which was made all the more impressive that he also missed the Toronto game as well as Dennis Schroeder with an ankle injury. So the Thunder didn't have their second leading score or their third leading score in Gallinari or Schroeder, and they were still able to get a big win on the road, which arguably, I mean, yes, again, I know the Raptors didn't have Pascal Siakam, Mark Gasol. They weren't healthy, of course, but that has to be up there with one of the better Thunder victories of the season. In my opinion, I think it's the Clippers, and who also were not 100% healthy. They didn't have Kawhi Leonard, but a Clippers team with Paul George and everybody else is still pretty damn good. The Thunder were able to get that win, even though they were down 18 at one point in the second quarter. So it's basically a toss-up. You know, winning on the road is incredibly hard, and I believe the Raptors had only lost four or five games going into that game last night against the Thunder at home. So it's made all the more impressive. And also, I believe the Thunder tweeted out that that was their fifth win in a row in Toronto, which is an NBA <laughs> which leads the NBA, which is a no team has won three um, more than three games in a row in that building. So impressive, impressive, impressive by the Thunder. And when we get back, we're going to dive in into some Thunder numbers. And I know it's not Tuesday. We're going to do this week a little bit different because last week was such a was such a mess, was so chaotic. You know, some things are going to blend in here and there. We are still going to do the, the Wednesday crossover segment. So I look forward to that. The guest is pretty, pretty damn cool, I must say. And I'm excited for that one. Uh, hopefully we get a chance to record Tuesday if the Thunder do have a shoot around. But when we get back, we're going to dive into some more Thunder numbers. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Thunder Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This team, guys, is, it's really interesting. And I mean, it's, it's, at this point, it's a cliche because fans have been DM, DMing me um, over the last few days, last few weeks, just kind of, you know, echoing that sentiment. This team is really fun. How good would this team be if they traded this guy? Um, do you want this team to remain intact? And I, I've made my opinion clear. I would like to see this team through. Now, I don't know if that's necessarily the best thing for the Thunder moving forward. Um, there is still, you know, there is still 
op there there are still options out there for the Thunder if Chris Paul, Danilo Gallinari have to finish off this season where it helps them in this short term and can still help them in the long term. But you know, despite the flaws, despite the the talent gap between the Thunder and the upper echelon of the Western Conference, this team still finds ways to win or at least put themselves in positions to win. They've rarely been blown out. They've rarely been run off the floor. It's just it's a, it's a try-hard team. It's a team that's made subtle improvements game to game. It's a team that has bought into the identity from the identity of the team from Billy Donovan, who's had to mold this team from a fast-paced, you know, get up down and get up and down the floor really quick with Russell Westbrook, Paul George, and those guys, Jeremy Grant, Terrence Ferguson, into a more methodical, slow half-court offense with Chris Paul, SGA, Dennis Schroeder, Stephen Adams. And you know some things have some things have gone down in terms of when you compare the Thunder over the last few years, and then some things have risen up. And you know, like let's just go through some of the flaws of this team <laughs> because the flaws are incredibly glaring. I mean, they're one of the worst teams in the league in terms of pace. They're they're averaging about ninety nine possessions a game from their pace, and it makes sense. There's not a there's not really a player on this team that blows you away with their god-given athleticism. Now, SGA has god-given length and for the position he plays, it's so incredibly important for him, for his versatility on the floor. He can he can he's a positionless basketball player. He can play 1 to 3 and if he bulks up in the next few years, he can probably be asked to defend the four, although that's probably still a little bit of a pipe dream. But basically, it would be kind of like Steven Adams in his younger days where if he would get switched onto a point guard in the half-court set, you can at least live with that possession. I mean, it's still technically a mismatch, but Steven Adams was so nimble on his feet, so quick, so agile, and so athletic that you could still live with it. It wasn't like you were switching Kendrick Perkins onto... Chris Paul or something like that, where it's like, this is a mismatch. You don't want it at all. So you have, so you have all the, the talent deficiencies on this team, the talent gap compared to the upper echelon of the Western conference, of course. But even with that, one of the things that, one of the things, like I mentioned, that has gone down from recent thunder teams, you know, the thunder were one of the best offensive rebounding teams in the league over the last few years. And yes, a lot of that was because Russell Westbrook is probably the best rebounding guard in the history of the NBA. Uh, Steven Adams is still one of the better offensive rebounders in the league in terms of his ability. But uh, what Billy Donovan had to say to us a few weeks ago, pregame before, I believe the Memphis game that the thunder ended up winning when they were down 24 points was, I believe Eric Horn asked uh, Billy, like, what exactly has gone on in terms of, like, your offensive rebounding has gone down? Is that on purpose? Is that a part of the plan? Is it just been happenstance? What What's going on? And Billy has basically said that, yeah, this is a different team. This is a different team with different skill sets. And the skill set basically demands that they need to get back in the half court. That's where the Thunder win games is in the half court because they damn sure don't win it in transition. They damn sure don't win it. Uh, points off turnovers or whatever because they are the worst offensive rebounding team in the league. They're about a middle-of-the-pack defensive rebounding team. And in so doing, they're the worst second-chance points team with about 10 a game. And they're the worst fast-break points per game team with eight. So they're, they're essentially getting nothing off of athleticism. They're essentially getting nothing off of running the fast break. The Thunder are winning games because they are slowing it down. They are winning games because they are a defensive-minded team. They're a top 10 or 12 defensive rating team, about a 
13 or 14 net rating team. I believe they're the last team with a positive net rating. Uh, the Chicago Bulls are just under them with a negative net rating, so that kind of gives you a picture. I mean, the Thunder have a very thin margin for error. They have to win games according to can we get possessions in the half court? Can we slow this game down? Can we disallow our opponent from getting fast break points, which when they do turn the ball over, they can get down fairly quickly. I mean, everybody remembers that Chicago game that the Thunder ended up winning where the Thunder had 12 turnovers in the game before the Bulls committed their first turnover. The Bulls had 38 points off of turnovers that night. Somehow the Thunder still able to win, but that game got out of hand so quickly because the Thunder just simply cannot combat that. So on nights where the opponent is just running the floor, the Thunder are probably not going to win. I mean, go back to that L.A. Lakers game a few weeks ago on the road where the Lakers had so many points off fast breaks. Like, the Thunder just have no answer. Now, this team is so well coached, and they play to an identity, and Chris Paul is such a great floor leader that even though they do have a thin margin for error, more times than not this season, you know, there's two games over 500. They've been in a handful of those games that they've lost. And a lot of it goes to Billy Donovan, a lot of it goes to Chris Paul and this team buying into their identity. They have a thin margin for error, yes, but they play so well with each other that they can skirt that line more times than not. And yes, it does help that you've got a guy like Shea Gildas-Alexander that's been lighting it up from the floor with his 28.8 points per game over the last five games. Uh, Dennis Schroeder, even though he missed the Toronto game, has been lighting it up over the last month. Uh, in the running for six man of the year, no doubt. He is a starter playing on the bench. And when the Thunder have all three point guards on the floor, I mean, I've got to give it up to Billy Donovan for believing in it because I didn't see I, I didn't see a lot of the positives early on in this season. I saw it as a detriment to SGA's uh, ability to develop as a basketball player with him playing off the ball so much so much in that three guard lineup. But man, analytics loves that lineup and I see why that that lineup is incredibly fun to watch. They play really well with each other, and it, it's amazing. Like you, you can look on paper at a scouting report and easily see how to beat the Thunder, but they still somehow avoid all those obvious flaws because they play so well. And it's a fun team to watch. Now, are they going to make the playoffs with this team? I mean, probably. You know, when they're when they're fighting teams like Sacramento. Portland, Phoenix, Minnesota. I mean, the Thunder, I will put their roster up there against maybe all those teams except Portland, but Portland has started off so slow that I just don't know what their in what their end game's going to be as we get along in this season. But are they going to make the playoffs? Yes. If they trade a Dennis Schroeder, if they trade a Danilo Gallinari, of course that changes things. But um are they going to make a big splash in the playoffs? Probably not, but it's just interesting. You can look at a scouting report of the Thunder, know how to beat them, but they still find ways to win. They still find ways to be in games. And all the credit has to go to Billy, Chris Paul, Shea Gilles Alexander, Dennis Schroeder, Steven Adams, just the entire team. It's a complete and utter team effort. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
Now, the Thunder didn't have a practice today. They were flying back from Toronto last night, so it's kind of understandable. They, they probably needed a much-needed day off. They do take on the Dallas Mavericks tomorrow night in Oklahoma City. New Year's Eve, Luka Doncic coming to town on New Year's Eve, so that's going to be a fun atmosphere for basketball, I'm fairly certain. I'm excited for that one. Luka Doncic is playing at an MVP level. The Dallas Mavericks, when Luka's been healthy, ex- un- unless they're playing the New York Knicks, have been very, very good. One of the best teams in the league, one of the best teams in the Western Conference. So that's going to be an exciting matchup to see where the Thunder uh, match up, how they match up with the Mavericks, and where they rank in terms of the upper echelon of the West. The Thunder held their own against the L.A. teams, beating the Clippers once, losing a tight game against them, and then losing two tight games to the Lakers. So they certainly held up their own. We'll see if they can continue that against the Dallas Mavericks on Tuesday. But because they had no shoot-around, we didn't get an update at all from Danilo, for Danilo Gallinari or Dennis Schroeder. And I'd imagine if the Thunder do have shoot-around tomorrow, we'll get a chance to see if De- Gallinari is at least on the floor, Dennis Schroeder is at least on the floor and if not, at the very least, we will find out uh, about around two hours before tip-off Tuesday night. Billy Donovan will be able to tell us if Gallinari is able to go or if Dennis Schroeder is able to go. Gallinari, of course, did not go on the road trip. He was he stayed back home in Oklahoma City. Going to be interesting, interesting to see just how much the Thunder are airing on the side of caution or if he's truly hurt because, I mean, Daniel Gallinari is an asset. And you've got to protect the asset. And one more quick <laughs> number before we get out of here. Man, the Thunder won those two road games against Charlotte and Toronto, yes. But, man, did they ugly the games up because they could not hit anything from the three-point line, especially that first Charlotte game. Uh, it was bad. I believe the stat was uh, both the Thunder and Charlotte combined to hit 12 of 70 three-point attempts. And it makes a lot of sense that that game was, what, 105-104 or 104-103 in overtime it took them overtime to barely crack 100 points and you go to the Toronto game the Thunder win in the 90s again going back to the Thunder needing to get the slow the game down get it into a half court set be methodical and choosy with their offensive possessions uh, be disciplined in their defensive possessions they were certainly able to do that against Toronto, but in the Toronto and Charlotte game, the Thunder have combined to shoot 15 of 64 from the three-point line. How they've won two games on the road shooting that, I don't know. This team, while very interesting, is somewhat hard to pinpoint because, again, you can look at a scouting report and see they, they suck here and they're good here, so let's try and force them into the to the ways that they suck. But Chris Paul, Danilo Gallinari, SGA, Stephen Adams are so good in their own right that they can still dip into their flaws, but still more times than not play the way that they want to and force their opponents to play the way that they want to. And that a lot of that, of course, goes to Chris Paul's leadership and his ability to just run a flawless offense in the half court. They're still able to do all that and at least put themselves in positions to win the game. And probably the last bullet point before we get out of here, I got to give it up to Lou Dort, man. Um, It was so much fun watching him against Toronto, and a lot of it is just his ability to shed screens, shed blocks, his ability to shed screens. It's almost like a linebacker in football. A linebacker's ability to shed blocks is probably the most important thing that they have outside of athleticism or their vision, simply seeing where the quarterback is going, where the running back is going. If a lineman comes up or a running back comes up and blocks you and you can't shed it, well, you're out of the play and you're not important anymore. But if you can shed that block, 
it's just basically you going after the running back, the ball carrier, or the quarterback at that point. And Lou Dort kind of does the same thing when he's going over screens. I mean, you saw it last night against Fred Van Vliet or Kyle Lowry. Um, I mean, both those players ended up with 20 points apiece, so they were able to get buckets. But when Lou Dort was on them, his stocky phys- physique, his speed, his athleticism, his strength really gives him an advantage in matchups like that. He can run over screens. He can run through them without fouling. And he seems to have a very good foundation, a very good understanding of where his of positioning, of where his, where his feet need to be. He did get called for a foul where he tripped Kyle Lowry, but that was a pretty damn savvy move by Kyle Lowry to identify where his leg was. Um, I mean, that, yeah, that's going to happen. Lou Dort's a rookie and a two-way contract guy. But basically, I just I must say the Thunder, they might have something in Lou Dort. I don't know exactly. Basically, the same thing I saw in Deontay Burton last season. But Lou Dort's a little bit younger than Deontay. So, I mean, the shooting is going to be the issue. The scoring ability is going to be the issue. But Lou Dort is a tireless offensive player. He's constantly cutting the baseline. He's constantly running. He's constantly doing something. And uh, Kevin Hervey actually found him. On a really sweet pass, Kevin Hervey got the ball at the top of the key and immediately found uh, Lou Dort under the rim, pass it right to him. Lou Dort was able to get the ball and finish a contested jumper right under the rim and completed the and one play with his free throw. So the Thunder, they are no stranger to athleticism. Lou Dort's certainly a part of that. Well, everybody, thank you so much for listening to the Locked On Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Again, apologies for last week, but we will return back strong this week. We're going to do some more fun stuff this week. Uh, Looking forward to Wednesday's crossover edition. uh, Right now, the plan is to get Eric Horn on from The Athletic. Of course, he's very busy, but we tentatively scheduled a podcast for tomorrow afternoon. So hopefully he's able to do that. If not, I will find somebody cool just for you guys for your guys's pleasure listening pleasure but again thank you all so very much for listening to the locked on thunder podcast please rate and review on apple podcast we need some more reviews and uh, please follow me on twitter at brady does sports and i will greatly appreciate it but until tomorrow when the thunder take on the mavericks everybody y'all have a good rest of your day hey prime members You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.